It's the Persistent and Nasty Podcast at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023 series. The episodes will be released at various different times, so make sure that you have subscribed so you get notified when a new episode has dropped. We have some amazing guests coming up for you and I know that you won't want to miss them. They will be everything from circus performers to theatre makers to singers to spoken word poets and we can't wait to share all of them with you. Remember, if you are taking part in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe or you are just going for a visit, remember your rain jacket, your comfy shoes and a pair of shorts because you never know the weather that you're going to get in Edinburgh. But what you are guaranteed is some incredible pieces of theatre. Enjoy the episode and remember... Stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2023. I hope that you are all well, looking after yourselves, being kind to yourself and each other. Well, we are halfway through the Edinburgh Festival and for those of you who are taking part in whichever way, shape and form in the festival, I really do hope that you are taking care of yourself, being kind to yourself. Um, it's a roller coaster, and I know that's cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. And um, it's filled with so much ups and downs and curves and flips um, that sometimes you just need to take a little moment for yourself, catch your breath and have a bit of cake. Today is a pretty special episode. I chat with two creators of two shows at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. We've never done this before and it was really a joy for all of us involved. So I chat with Lydia Hickman, writer of Gunter, which is on at Summer Hall um, from now until the 27th and that's on at 9pm. All the details for Gunter are in the show notes of today's episode. And I also talk to Dee Mulroney, who is the creator of Growler, which is also on at Summer Hall in the demonstration room, and it is on until the 26th at 7pm. Actually, I think I said just there that Gunter is on at 9, it is on at 10 past 9pm. Sorry. Uh, apologies. 10 past 9pm for Gunter and 7pm for Growler. And all of the details for both shows are in the show notes of today's episode. We have a brilliant conversation. We talk about um, how power has been taken away from women and the land. We talk about accusations. We talk about history and the importance of spreading and retelling history and making sure that we learn from those mistakes. We talk about finding our way as feminists and not allowing the right-wing media to split us and to include all of our siblings, uh, non-binary, trans and indeed our allies on our fight. Um, A really wonderful episode full of a brilliant conversation and two incredible human beings so I hope you all enjoy. If you would like to support the work that we do you can become a persistent pal or a nasty hero and the links for that are in the show notes of today's episode. You can always give us the price of a cup of coffee as well and if you can't afford to financially support us which we completely understand times are tough we are in a cost of living crisis and we cannot forget that so everybody who gives to us we are eternally grateful in whatever way you do 
And as I say, if you can't afford to do so financially, then you can uh, like, download, review, subscribe, like, download, review, and subscribe to the episodes of the podcast. And also, you can shout about us on social media. It really makes a huge difference. And talking about social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. Check out the website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk. That's where you'll find all the brilliant blogs that have been written for us. And you can also send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I as well. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, for today's episode, oh, whatever you want. Because... We talk about burning the patriarchy to the ground, so let us do it. So whatever takes your fancy. But for me right now, it's always a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Hi both, how are you? Yeah, well, Hi, thanks yeah, for having us. Good. Oh, no worries. Um, today I'm joined with uh, Lydia from Gunter and um, Dee from Growler, both at Summerhall. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have a little chat about... Uh, your careers, your lives, how the festival's going, and of course, your shows, and the kind of common threads that are running through both, which is yeah. lovely. This is actually our first time having guests from two different shows come on at the same time. Oh, cool. Which I, 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 love it. I love yeah. it. I love the collab. Um, so who would like to go first? I'll just throw it open. Lydia. I'll go first. Okay, Great. sure. Lydia, tell me a little bit about what brought you into this industry because we were chatting just yeah, beforehand yeah, and you were like, yeah. I've been shoved into this. <laughs> I have actually slightly been been crowbarred into the play. Basically, um, so I did a history undergrad and an MA in early modern history. So I basically I'm a bit of a history buff and I mostly work as a freelance researcher. Um, and I basically... My, one of my oldest friends, Julia, uh, studied at drama school and said to me a couple of years ago, like, do you want to write a play together? It's kind of historical. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. And um, so that's kind of how I got into writing. And then I met Rachel, who is the director on this play, doing that play in London a couple of years ago. And Doing Gondor? No. Doing, sorry, doing a, a different play, okay. Belly Up, which is the first one we did. And then, um, yeah, and then basically we were like, we just want to we want to kind of make something and we had um this play got the first play that we did was kind of got stuck in some kind of annoying conversations with producers and we weren't really able to kind of do it we didn't have the money to do it and so we basically were just like yeah that old chestnut um so we basically just wanted to wanted to to make a show basically and I said to Rachel and Julia I've got this crazy story that I've read about during my undergrad um if you've got the kind of I mean, if you if you fancy it, we can try and do it on stage. It's it would be quite a it would be a really hard thing to do on stage because it's kind of it's about you know a completely different value system, different belief system. It's about bewitchment, which is you know a, a thing that kind of gets into the nitty gritty and the you know anxiety and fear of what it is to be in that worldview in the 17th century. So if I, I sort of said to them, guys, if you fancy it, we could try and do this story. And they were like, yeah, let's go for it. So I'm kind of in the show as a historian that kind of guides and contextualizes um, Anne's story. And I also play folk music. So it's just, oh, a, yeah, it's just kind of uh, add on. So I do a bit of guitar and drumming and stuff like that. So 
And so it's a kind for of, you, theatre was never really a kind of first? No, not really. I think, like, history and music is... Well, history is kind of my first love, in a way. I've always just found... I've always... I used to read a lot of history fiction as a kid, and there's something so... I was connected with it in an imaginative way that, you know, something about the fact that these were real people and these things happened to them that felt so... It always felt just so kind of evocative when I was reading it, and... I felt that with Anne's story. I felt very strangely connected to her and strangely this kind of duty of care towards her story that, you know, she she was so silent, so kind of oppressed in her, in her period that I, I felt there was a, a kind of retribution, a kind of mission to, to actually recover it and tell it properly, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and about, so writing for you, then, Lydia, mm. like, has that always been something that you were interested in as well? Or did that just, has it just happened that it's all kind of come Yeah, about? I mean, Julia, so the, the company is myself, Julia Grogan and Rachel Lemon. And Julia is a, is a really amazing writer and actor. And she kind of, she kind of taught me everything I know. I mean, we basically <laughs> co-write together. I don't, I have never really sort of sat, sat down and written a play in a kind of, in a straight sense. But, um... I've, I've, yeah, I kind of, I guess I've always written with Julia and I love the collaborative approach to that. I love the kind of like sitting down and trying to work out a scene together and improvising and trying to work out how you're going to make these random people sound like actual, you know, natural people yeah. from, um, and so, um, no, I'm not, a kind, I wouldn't call myself a writer in a kind of playwright traditional sense. I'm kind of more of a sort of I don't know maker maker upper with Julia <laughs> yeah chancer, chancer. chancer man. exactly I'm a bloody chancer I'm a, um so so yeah that's kind of that's kind of the writing side of it yeah okay um and then I've got a question like how you see like history and obviously mm. you mentioned like that was part of your undergrad and then mm. how that has then connected for you because history runs through so much so many plays mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I said at the moment I don't know if you both have noticed like there's a real sense of mm -hmm. especially with um, the female stories that are being told mm -hmm. um, not just at the festival but kind of mm -hmm. across the board like that sense of lineage mm -hmm. that's running through yeah and, um, yeah, yeah. and the ancestry yeah. of it all yeah. and it just seems that we're kind of tapped into something yeah, at the moment definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my question really is like how history kind of connects mm -hmm. right now for you and obviously it is about your play yeah but I mean in a devising way yeah definitely I mean I think that I think that historians to my mind have a kind of do have an activist duty in a way like there is a lot of good work that historians can do in terms of recovery history I think historians call it recovery history like in the 80s for example lots of queer historians started recovering the stories of queer people and the same thing happens with you know women's voices mm -hmm. or people of color etc so there is a kind of um yeah, there's kind of a, I think there's a political kind of mission to, to mm. history if you're if you're doing it right. I mean, history as a as a kind of academic institution is is very insular. You know, you're kind mm. of sat on your own reading a book, and there's and there's something about theatre that that makes it outward looking, that makes it kind of accessible, and makes it kind of you know useful. I think there is so mm. much utility in history and in, in in reading these stories and telling these stories. So I think that. Yeah, I think, and I, and I think it's amazing that there's a kind of, 
I don't know that modern audiences seem so interested in history at this yeah. point. And like, mm. not only that, but I think they're quite discerning about how history is portrayed mm. and they want to they want to feel like they're getting a a truthful, not necessarily accurate. It's not necessarily about being kind of so dogmatic about detail. They just want, I think audiences want to feel like they're seeing a truthful representation of the past or mm. something. You know, they kept, I mean, for example, our play is very kind of imaginative and strange and it's kind mm. of, there are lots of moments that will really not feel like the 17th century, but mm. it's, it's guided by a kind of his, a, a care for history and a care mm. and an empathy yeah. for Anne's story that I think, I think is really valuable. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, audiences seem to respond to, you know. I think there's probably like yeah no it, it totally does I think there's probably links for both of you but um do you love to know a little bit about how you um got yourself into this industry of ours first of all it started really when we we lost our rented accommodation in Ireland uh it's more, more than eight years ago now and I don't know if you know about the housing crisis in Ireland but it's been there pretty much since before the famine and it has you know post-colonial um roots and so we're not very good at housing in Ireland and really there was only the one generation like my parents generation who working class generation were able to afford their homes that that working class generation so for us we were never really able to live where we wanted to and when we lost our home um we were expecting to buy the house that we were living in we were next door to my parents my mother had dementia she was seven years into dementia and my dad was taking care of her and I was expecting to live there and I have a, I grew up in such a strong community. It was like, you know, like I said, working class. Everybody moved in within three months of each other on the road. There was hundreds of kids. And I just assumed that community. I just took it for granted. So when I couldn't provide that for my kids then, I had a massive crisis. And then when the house was taken, I couldn't stay in Ireland. I just couldn't. The betrayal and the hurt and the... I felt like I was standing at the edge of an abyss, yeah. literally. And I thought, I'm going to fall into that. Because I couldn't believe that I, I wasn't able to provide for my kids what I had just taken for granted. To be rising children in a place where they're rooted. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. Even if it is concrete and tar and it's working class and whatever. There's something about that, you know, growing up with your, with your kin and your intergenerational. And, and I'm one of these people who's been trying to, like, start a community for years. Like, 20 years standing with a little feather in the field. <laughs> Who wants to join me? And none of my friends were ever mad enough. So... I was, I was, my mental health was very, very fragile when we moved to Berlin and um, it, like, it was so bad that when we were actually moving, we had a white van and um, we had everything that we owned in the van and we drove across in the worst storm in years in, um, isn't that working? Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's good. Yeah. I'm just checking volume. Yeah. You keep going. We worked. Great. We moved across to Berlin in the worst storm that had happened in years and it felt like such a bad omen. Yeah. We were putting up our tent in Belgium in thunder and lightning with the kids hungry and raining and it wasn't that bad. But for me, it was like just to have uprooted myself in yeah. middle age. I was 42. With my mother in the middle of dementia, it just, it I mean, was just so hard. Unbelievable. Yeah. Our dog going nuts and my partner was kind of holding everything at that stage he was he had to because my he ended up having to put me in the back of the van mm. I was so bad he mm. thought he was going to crash the, the van so mm. the kids were up the front I was in the back of the dog and I just remember thinking I can't I'm I can't do this I have to find the strength somewhere and he said to me he said do you, you need you need help I don't know if it's therapy that you need but you need to find something because he was also gone and he was holding a lot I kept thinking we were going to die the whole time. 
like leaving home for me was like there was something in me that was dying leaving Ireland there was something that was dying yeah. and I was just withered I arrived in Berlin withered and that's when it happened I started making art I was like I'm either going to lose my mind or I'm going to have to put it into something so I started drawing I'm a visual artist first and foremost and, um, and then Growler came through as a drawing she came through as a drawing like an an ancient vulva with a fag hanging over her mouth and big gypsy earrings and telling people what's what. So she started out as an agony aunt in my friend's online magazine and she would make up zeitgeist problems, you know, yeah. and talk to Growler. So Growler's like, she's an ancestor. She's from, she has a whole backstory. Like she's from the Liberties in Ireland. My ancestors are from the Liberties. They're outside the King's realm. The, the Pale was a wall that was built around Dublin and my ancestors are from the Liberties. So they're always a bit punk, you know. Anarchists <laughs> never paid their taxes, still don't. <laughs> and my mom and my grandmother were from there. And um, by total coincidence, my son was born there and we lived in social housing there, myself and my husband, for years. So I feel akin to the liberties. So Gerler's from there. And then there was this, you know, she just started talking to me. I also had severe endometriosis at the time and there was a threatening a hysterectomy. And I was just like, every woman in my lineage had had a hysterectomy. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and even after I'd given birth to my first child, the violence that was inflicted during the birth was like, it was just all woman, you know, it was like woman, woman, woman. And Crowder, she was there for me to talk to. She was like, I'd sit by the altar, you know, and um, I'd be there, like, just literally on my hands and knees for that first year in Berlin. And Crowder kind of started to come through then. And I'd be like, what would your L gay, your L vagina say to you now? She was like, the mother of God, you know? Yeah. And that's, she came back with loads of advice and changed my life. She saved me. She saved my mental health growler. And then uh, a friend of mine who's equally as bonkers, um, we were working together on this festival and we met, we really, or we met at this other festival about vaginas and uh, what about vulvas, vul, vulva vagina festival. Yeah. Um, and we met there and we're just our work immediately bonded. I was like, my favorite animal is a pigeon, so is mine. I loved the mice. I loved, you know, it was all just punky, skanky kind of like the crack. And then I said, I have this character, Growler, like she's an agony aunt and I wanted to perform her as a puppet. Would you be able to help me make a puppet? And she came back with this, the, the part of Growler before the cape and stuff like that. And I just stood there in the classroom. I was teaching first graders at the time and they were on their break. So she comes in with the giant bulb of puppet. I'm standing singing the Ave Maria and we both started crying. I just immediately sang Ave Maria. I just was like, oh. And then we went out and we got the material for the cape and then, then Growler was born. A uh, Growler was born five years ago. Wow. So I started then just doing feminist festivals and on the side of the street, like a protest for pro, pro-choice, you know, because Ireland had just gotten the repeal um, movement through you know the, pro- yeah. the first time we got yeah. and then Poland went backwards and so I was going to all these protests and stuff like that and it's very much activist art you know yeah um I was really afraid though sorry will I shut up there no, no I was really afraid because I thought like um when I first started doing it I was really scared of saying that I was growling I thought like this is the witch wound I was like and that's why it's so important that you're telling um story because we can heal the past I believe we can we can set things right because mm-hmm. Like now, there are thousands of women every year being murdered and burnt as witches. More than there was in the height of the witch mm-hmm. trials. Yeah. Sylvia Federici, do your, you know, read that yeah. book. Um, people are like, what? They, we can't comprehend it, that this bewitchment 
tradition is still going on. But it's not just pollution, it's also to do with capitalism, end stage capitalism, the land grab. Like the last, you know, land is becoming the gold now, land is the currency. And we're selling every fucking square meter and the women are losing their land because it's easy to take land from a witch, you know? Yeah. It's easy to take land from, it's easy to keep communities busy, worried about this kind of shit while the actual real owner or whatever is in the background controlling all this politically. So that's why Grailer exists also because I feel like I needed to reach back through my ancestry to reclaim the women because Ireland, you know, like Scotland had the witch trials, Ireland had the Magdalens. Yeah. I mean, we locked away thousands of women, we imprisoned them. Their babies are still buried in unmarked graves. We, we estimate about 10,000, 11,000 babies. We found one grave. Yeah. which has 900 babies in a septic tank. So the wow. minute I heard that, like something, Growler was alongside my visual art as well. And it was all vagina dentata. It was all raging gay. It was all raging vulvanic fucking article of Delphi fumes coming out the wazoo. It was like, no. And I feel now, like, as I'm talking, like, and you're saying there, there's something, like I felt that something in the air since I started making this art. Yeah. And there is something in the air. And, I, there's no going back in the box and we're doing this I feel personally speaking I'm doing it for my sisters in Iran I'm doing it for the women who are being raped in Ukraine as a weapon of war I'm doing it for like because it's unfortunately because there's more of us there's worse suffering now for women mm. you know it's a myth that we're like in a good place we're f- like look at what we're doing Man, sorry I'm getting all carried away and I should up there so that's why Greta was born She's somewhere for me to contain, to put my rage so that it didn't uh, kill me. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, so much in that deal, like, just, like, one, the power of art in mm. itself and what it can do and what it can help us get through. Yeah. And then just, obviously, so many things that you've touched on, like your mum and having to leave your home. Mm. Like, and I think there's something that those of us that are lucky enough to have that and to call somewhere home mm. do take it for granted. And then that kind of, what happens when that shifts? Um, and I think that's the beautiful thing about when you make art, whatever your piece of art is, whether it is visual or whether it is a piece of theatre or a piece of music, that you are connecting to something bigger and you're allowing other people to feel that healing too. And I feel like both your shows probably have that in them. Um, so let's talk about the shows. Um, so uh, Lydia, do you want to go first and talk about Gunter and tell everybody where they can see it when right, it's on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us the rundown of Gunter and what they can expect. Sure, okay. And that's some Here smashing of glass. Hopefully the patriarchy will yeah, work it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a yeah. too, Make way for the matriarchy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well... So where is it, first of all? It's at Summerhall Anatomy Lecture Theatre at 9, 10pm every night, apart from Mondays. Um, it's interesting so you're two... both on at night as well. I know, it is. I do find that a witching hour. hour. Yeah. I find it interesting <laughs> that you're both on at night. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, continue on. No, that's all right. Um, so the play is a, yeah, so it's, as you kind of said, it's a reconstruction of a um, a true or fake it's a fake bewitchment case really but it's 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 rooted in a true story it's basically about a a chap called brian gunter who is a kind of local sort of bastard in this village he's is it gunter i love how i'm making a really scottish and call it gunter yeah well i don't know actually <laughs> I mean, this is like a 
sort of Germanic pronunciation as well. It's like Gunter. 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 Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, Maybe Scots and German are very similar. Yeah, in a lot of their yeah, as true, well, yeah. true. Um, so basically, he has a vendetta against the woman in the village who uh, has a reputation for witchcraft, and he basically hates her because he murdered her boys at a football match, and she basically went out into the village and started chatting shit about him. You know, Brian Ginter's a piece of shit. Right? He actually murdered them. He actually murdered them okay. at, at a football match and then was acquitted for the murder on the grounds that football at that time was illegal. So they just let him get away with it. Um, <laughs> it's a slippery legal loophole there. Anyway, um, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so so it kind of opens with that, that image of, yeah, of, of the football match, which is a really fun place to start a play, a football match. It's like, mm. Ooh, let's go. Um, and then basically he decides he's going to take this woman down. And the way that he does that is by coercing his his daughter and Gunter into faking possession so that mm. he can blame Elizabeth mm. Gregory for witchcraft and say, you know, Elizabeth is they bewitching did that used girls. Mm. Yeah. Exactly, as a kind of coercive yeah. mechanism and so you know Anne Anne claims to have been able to vomit pins and mm. levitate and speak in tongues and you know show sec you know second sight so she knew things that she were otherwise physically impossible to know and um and so and so the story is it kind of follows Anne's story and um and this kind of brutal feud that really at its absolute core its basis is about fragile male ego essentially mm. you know he he kind of launches this whole campaign because because this woman chats shit about him it's yeah. it's kind yeah. of unbelievable and what he he puts his daughter through and i think that there is there's an so the only access that we have to it kind of historically is through is through the trial records. So this is like people who are, and who is under duress anyway. And also through the record of the men, essentially, who came and into contact with her. And there is a, there's a, there's a heavily kind of voyeuristic and mm. um, uh, basically yeah. a sexual element yeah. to what's actually happening, at, at, you know, in the story. And is, you know, contorting doing things that basically men in the church men in kind of you know mm. prestigious academic institutions would never would never see young mm. women do and so there is a there is a fascination yeah. with her mm. and a kind of like observational element that that really underpins the whole story and I think made for me to read as a kind of you know you know any anyone anyone really reading that should feel kind of horrifying it's really it's really it's dark so you know um so we kind of follow through that and then we've got uh so it's me on stage and then it's julia grogan who's amazing nora lopez holland is also an amazing actor and hannah jarrett scott who's just an absolute legend and we play lots of music and we there's some big there's cabaret moments there's um there's some quite you know almost straight play scenes but it's a real, it's a real fun, mm. a real, you know, it's a real fun time. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's sold out and you've got like amazing reviews. It's incredible. It's, Great. Do you know what though? Dude? I was really like, we had no idea what, what people would think of it because, yeah. because it was 
Because it was such a hard job to do, to try and get the story across, because you're doing two things. You're, you're basically trying to bring an audience into a completely, what they perceive as a foreign, backward kind yeah. of like, oh, this is just, you know, yeah. stupid people in the 17th century whipping up hysteria. So you're trying to bring them empathetically mm. into the actual, the nightmare reality of that actually, of which is you know, yeah. threatening yeah. your your child. Yeah. Um, you're trying to do that, but you're also trying to tell a very kind of sort of tragically kind of trans-historical story about male power and coercion. So there's two kind mm. of difficult missions there, and then also to do that in a way that is really thinking about the audience mm. and, like, are they entertained? Are they getting it? Are they following the story? Um, it was It was a bit of a mission, but... I think it's, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. I'd love you guys to come. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I tried to go the other night and then uh, my agent arrived just at the moment that, oh, that yeah. I was waiting outside. <laughs> but uh, that's the amazing thing about Summer House that we get to go and see each other's shows. I know. We have the artist pass, so I will come. Here yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. artist pass. I know yeah. it is great as well. Yeah. It's so important, I think, that you're you're given that at least there's that yeah 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 (laughs) yeah do you has got some things to say about the festival i'm excited for it um but just in general i think there's something and because you use music throughout as well right yeah yeah. um and i do always find that really interesting like how that connects an audience makes an an audience connect Mm -hmm. as well to how things are going and what's happening yeah i'd love to know what your kind of feedback you're getting from audiences Mm -hmm. um that's not just the critics, because as we were saying earlier, Lydia, it's like, you know, some of these critics, this show is not for you. Yeah, totally. These yeah. shows are not totally. for you, yeah. so why are you the one that's reviewing yes, it? Yeah, totally. yeah. Like, that's a big thing, I think, that we really need to look at. Um, but I'd love to know what uh, audiences are kind of saying. I mean, oh, well, I, I mean, the music is a thing that people are people are really into. There's some, there's some pretty catchy tunes in there, you know, and people are... People are really enjoying it. I think live music in theatre for me is just like you got. It's got to be done. You know, yeah. it's just it's just if you can possibly manage it. You know, having having live musicians on stage is just it's just really exciting. I don't think it's actually as common as I would have expected. Like, I'm not a massive. I'm actually not a massive, massive theatre buff, and I don't see loads of theatre. But I was I was kind of surprised that there wasn't as much live music kind of in in. Uh, in you know in in other shows but um live music is cool i think people find it people find it i think people are finding it quite it's tonally it just shifts around mm-hmm. a lot so you mm-hmm. are kind of like taken on it yeah you are and it's like we sort of start the show and it's basically like right we're going to go on a bit of a ride here let's all just strap it you know yeah. and, and go for it and um so i think people are I think people are yeah broadly quite entertained yeah. essentially like it's not it's not a um it's quite a it's quite an intense show and there's a lot happening and it it takes you through a lot of different feelings and there's comedy and there's also like you know there's a real heaviness to mm. it and there's there's a kind of narration but then there's also you know lots of movement and Anne Gunter herself actually doesn't is a basically a non-speaking role so all of Nora's work is very physical so there's we've had work with an amazing uh, movement director and she's she's an absolute legend and so it's there's a lot there for you so I think yeah. that it's in that sense it, I think it is people are responding well to it because there is yeah. so much so mm. much to enjoy with it mm. I think yeah 
If you had to sum it up in five words. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, go I mean, there's it. no pressure. No, no, like, no. Uh, yeah, if you could sum it up yeah. in five words, what would they be? I would say it is energetic, um, unusual, joyful, spicy. Nice. And heartfelt. Nice. Great. Excellent. And um, just so everybody knows that yes. uh, the show notes uh, in the show notes of today's episode will be all the details for both shows. But it is on at Summer Hall at the Anatomy Lecture Theatre yeah. at 9.10 at night. Yes. yes, that's Or 10 past right. nine, however you want to say it. However you say however it. However yeah. you say it. D, over to you about yeah. Growler. What audiences expect from Growler? Um, so she's a one-woman show <laughs> well actually we do I do have musical accompaniment and you're right about that like and it's live and it's um it was unexpected you know it's uh Grailer is accompanied by Sean um from the project town the drones of praise who's actually my brother he's my twin nine years younger we're, we're definitely soul soul twins and we collaborate a lot together and it's spontaneously ha- like we've made a lot of music together over the years um and he came into Grailer space one night and it was like all oh, right, okay, this is a whole other thing. So, um, yeah, so Growler basically takes you on a kind of a nekia, which is like a Greek word for going to the underworld or the shadowlands. It's not, it's not hell. It's like this other dimension where you go to kind of reclaim parts of yourself that are hidden in the shadow. So Growler is a self-declared shadow worker. And the idea is that we're not denying any of the feelings that we have. And through music, comedy spoken words filthy jokes innuendo uh, and live live music she takes you on and storytelling she takes you on this kind of odyssey um down into the shadow lands um where she transmutes uh it was just women's pain and now it's starting to happen with the masculine as well so it's like it's just whatever comes in so a lot of the spoken word pieces and stuff are um stuff that just dropped into my consciousness kind of fully formed and then they're used in the show. Then there's a spontaneous part as well where she ad-libs and just gives you her spiel about where she's from. And that changes sometimes. Depends on the night and the mood that she's in. <laughs> and um, then we end with a big kind of like, oh, she has a massive shamanic drum as well. She loves our drum. She has a big drum. And she uses that as well to kind of induce a kind of a trance within herself, you know. So my experience though as an artist, first and foremost, is that I want to get that emotional resonance where I'm starting to heal. I, and that's my main objective, because I know if I can do that, then there's at least one other person in the audience who's going to feel that. Mm. Um, so, so far, I've, I've managed to do it every night. The show is different every night. I'm totally new to theatre, really. Um, I've been doing Growler for five years, but I'm not an actor. I'm not a singer. I'm not, like, Growler is a different thing. You know, it's yeah. like art medicine. So for me, and, and I've somehow ended up here in the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so it is really, for me, it's a medicine. And, it's, and, and so I hope that the audience, like you were saying there about um, audience responses, like yeah. that's very strong for Growler, like, which is, it's very moving. I mean, a woman came last night and told me that she came here from Ireland for her birthday. And she arrived with a bottle of champagne, pink champagne, sparkly champagne for Growler. And it was her choice to come here for her birthday, to come and see Growler. And I was in floods of tears, you Amazing. know. People make growler things like they're making her little talismans, like beautifully made 
uh, you know, protective things for Growler. Like, yeah. So she's very, she's quite, she's just, she's quite a separate entity. It's hard to explain. It's kind of bonkers, you know. Talk about bewitchment. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally bewitched by Growler, and uh, she's 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 in charge, you know, really a lot of the time. So, um, puts me through the ringer every night. Yeah. And my heart is getting as I go on. It's so soft. Like I'm just like I'm so porous. I'm so porous being in her for so long. Yeah. Like when I put her on, she smells like an ancestor, you know? She yeah. smells like an ancestor. She smells like fire. And she's never been near fire because she's 100% polyester. So it's like, <laughs> she's not, she's not anti-flammable. Anyway, that's, the st- that's how it goes. So I hope that what people, what the audience feel afterwards is more connected. Yeah. I hope that they feel more connected and that it's okay to be angry and jealous and full of hate and rage. Like, you know, if I had a child murdered or drowned in the Mediterranean, I'd be full of hate and rage, you know, but it doesn't mean that we can't heal from that. Mm -hmm. And I feel now the only sane response to where we're at as a species with the end stage capitalism and Anthropocene, there's plenty of overtime for growlers to tell you that ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that the only sane response is to, to transmute the pain and the hurt. It's not to forget it, but to forgive for yourself, for ourselves, you know, and I'm coming from a colonized mind, you know? Mm-hmm. We have to let it go. We mm-hmm. have to because we're, otherwise we're, I think we're fucked, you know, mm-hmm. as a species. So that's Growler's message, is to love the Egypt out of yourself first so that you can expand your heart to others, you know? I mean, what do you say in the face of a Russian tank? I don't know. Love one another sounds tat, but when we can get ourselves to a heart space, I know that myself because I'm a very angry woman. Um, Growler makes me tender, you know? She opens me up and I'm able to see then that everybody, most human beings actually are trying to do their best, you know? Yeah. Sorry, no, 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 please don't stop because it's so, yeah. um, I'm just keep checking. Yeah. Because last week we had a wee, uh, sound issue. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and I was like nearly crying. But yeah. it's so, um, it's, it's just really beautiful what you're saying, Dee, and it's um, everything that I would love for the world to be, mm. but that the world isn't. Yeah. And like you talking about feeling soft and porous and all of that. And like, I, you know, I get so, sometimes I have to turn the news off and mm-hmm. just like avoid it for a while because it's too much. Because yeah. I'm like, how are we at this point that this is what we're doing to each other? Like, mm-hmm. how is this that this is where we're at? And, you know, capitalism, the patriarchy. And mm-hmm. I think it's really beautiful as well that you've mentioned that you're, that growlers, the masculine energy is coming in. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, in the feminism world right now, we are being pulled apart yeah. by the right-wing media mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really important that everybody remembers that toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, the patriarchy is bad for all of us. Yeah. And yeah. that's so, it's so powerful yeah. as well that that's coming in. Yeah. Um, because we are all both. Like, we're all and, of and it. We're all and we're all bigger yeah. than the two It's things. like we're, my yeah. say, we're mycelial, you know. The mushrooms probably started all this carry-on anyway at some stage <laughs> four billion years ago. But I, I also feel when I'm working with Growler, this feeling of like that we are part of her process, the, the earth. Like, I am, if, if we can imagine her as a living being with our own process like i often think that we're almost like her autoimmune disease yeah. attacking herself yeah and um, but also part of her process and to, to trust that it's not and i know it's really dark and that's easy for me to say i haven't had gone through the suffering that other people are going through right now but i also feel like that we have to hold on to that thing of like this is a process yeah there is no endings there's a way you know there's no endings there's not going to be you know one big unless a meteor hits us 
So it's part, it's all cyclical. And mm-hmm. also we're part of that cyclical process. Yeah. And to not be so hard on ourselves. We're very young as a species. Mm-hmm. Like we're very young. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only a couple of hundred thousand years old. Mm-hmm. We're like babies. You know, give us give ourselves a chance. So there's that self-forgiveness as well, you know, and the terrible, unspeakable evil that we do in ourselves to each other, like I'm not trying to excuse that. I know it. And none of us can claim a clean ancestry either. None Absolutely of us can. Not. not a human walking this planet can say, oh, my ancestors didn't do that, you know? Um, so for me, it's about connecting with that as well and realizing, well, we're, we can stand on their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're eons of wisdom and experience. We hold that in ourselves. My endometriosis didn't start with me. Do you know what I mean? None of it did. You know, yeah. the, the, the overproduction of, you know, the using chemicals to fertilize the earth, that's also part of her process plastic in the ocean that's the shadow so that's where i feel like our job is and when you're doing your story telling with butter and you're telling that story mm-hmm. as well people say why do you need to bring up the past of course we do because it's the the earth remembers totally and the retelling yeah. of that is the transmutation yeah in itself you don't need to think about it logically and you're saying about the historians they're very very important but we don't a lot of the time transmutation is something that is beyond words that's right. why music in theater yeah it, it's Jesus, something has transformed there. You the know? feeling element yeah. of it. Yeah. And that, that's what happens yeah. for me. And I know if it's happening for me, it's happening for other people, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that I think definitely is a, is a, is a kind of mission that we, we really relate to, which is like, you know, this, this arrogance that, that a lot of people hold about the, where we're at as the most progressive time in, mm. in you know, we're at the absolute apex mm. of development and that you know history is just a story of progression mm. we've just been slowly getting gradually mm. better mm. i say that with bunny ears yeah i think it's okay i do it all the time forget everybody isn't yeah, watching I me i mean I after four years you think uh, i'd remember but no i'm like oh yeah they can't see it um but but basically that there is no kind of there's no real telos in history. There's no kind of straightforward progress. And actually by demonstrating stories like, you know, like Angan's story, what you're saying is these, these are themes and these are, mm. these are principles and, and these are things that have happened in the past that, will, that have continued to happen mm. and are, on, are as kind of prevalent today mm. as they were in the kind of 17th century too. So it's about having a a sensitivity to to what to what those things are you know and a yeah. kind of aliveness to that and to to not bury your head in the sand and mm. be be sure that we're you know somehow yeah it's the most progressive can be if that if that kind of makes sense yeah and also you know the idea of progress like what does that even mean what does that like mean? you know look we're in this time of a blinding light where there's no room for our shadow there's no room for things to be secret and you know we've we've created like like we need secrecy uh-huh. as, and we need privacy, uh-huh. you know, not to do terrible things, but like it's just, and now the eyes are everywhere, you know, not just with the cameras and the technology, but the way that we're using technology and this myth as well, that technology is somehow going to save us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That AI is going to figure out the problems, yeah, but it's exactly. just a mirror, like, you know, and I feel like that, that process that we're talking about or that progress that you're talking about is part of the process of our you know, I don't want to say demise because I think it's cyclical. And I really do believe mm-hmm. that we're very young as a species. I don't think there's any end going to happen. You know, I don't know when, when the sun dies and how many billion years time. Mm-hmm. Do you know, we're, I, don't, I don't see it like that. So for me, it's like it's about trying to 
where we're at as well, that rootedness, the rootedness to our humanity, like that I see every day, you know. Mm. When I came to Scotland after living in Berlin for eight years, you come to the islands, you know, and you're like, oh my God, people say, how are you, love? And <laughs> my heart is just mush, you know, because I'm living in a place where there's, like, I'm living in Germany and there's a massive wound there. Yeah. It's not healed. Mm. It's not healed. People are not happy a lot of the time, you know. There's a, there's a hurt, there's a, and it's raw, it's gaping. Mm. Um, and it's just that, like, you know, let's get back to the fire instead of the bulb. You know, let's get back to the fire instead of the light bulb. Switched on all the time. Switched on 24-7. Like, what about sitting in the darkness together? What about, you know, seeing what's in the shadows and the caves and finding each other again? Mm-hmm. You know, finding our... Yeah, I don't know, we're going off into philosophical oh, no, realms here. Absolutely. You need to join your community, dude. Yeah. <laughs> get out there. I haven't, I haven't. Oh, we, bought it. we bought land. That's we're, amazing. We started it, yeah. Oh, amazing. Six mad artists. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts yeah. in Germany? Outside in Brandenburg. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I was wondering as well because I came to Edinburgh for the press launch here and um, it, with Summer Hall in May. And it was my first time to Edinburgh. And I just, I, when I came here, I thought, like, Germany, this feels German. This feels quite Germanic. What's that about? And you just said there the sounds. And then I was like, I wandered down and found the Witches' Museum straight away. Yeah. I saw a poster for the Witches' Museum and said, I'm going there. Dragged my husband and he says, look, I'll see you later. I walked in, you know, and there's a guy with an upside down pentagram and I'm like, ha ha, I'm home. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, oh, we do tarot card readings. I'm, like, I'm in, I'm in. You know? And uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I felt akin there. And I was trying to figure out why am I in Germany? Like, I'm Captain Ireland. Like you would not meet a more shamrocks, like, you know, whatever. I'm just like Irish to the core, to the mm-hmm. bone. And yet I've ended up on the border of Poland. With, in, with Germans yeah. it's mad yeah. you know um, and I think actually what it is is going back to this mystic thing and you're a historian like Hildegard von Bingen mm-hmm. the great German mystic who I'm just kind of completely falling in love with music again oh. she was listening to the music of the spheres she created classical music before anybody else did before back before everybody she knew about this connection to the earth as well and the shadow mm-hmm. you know and I was thinking okay I'm in, I'm in Germany because of Hildegard you know and that's where the land called. It calls you, yeah. That's, that's where I was able to start this. It wasn't in Ireland because there's so much hurt there, you know? Yeah. Anyway, right. No, but it is so true because there's also that connection, isn't it, with witchcraft as well, like the women who could use the land to heal. Mm. And, the, you know, the things that were on the land, the plants and the mm. flowers and the herbs, and, you know, all of a sudden that made you go from a healer to a witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... But it was because of our connection to the land and what it could do in seasons and yeah. how we how we figured it out. And it just, as you say, Dee, it's all cyclical and mm. it all moves. And I mean, yeah, I'm coming. I'm joining. We're I'm joining. Jo- yeah, we're Lydia and I are yeah, yeah, starting, yeah, starting, starting our own cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I love it. I'm there. <laughs> um, but before we move to the cult, um, five words that will sum up Growler. Um... Uh, alchemical, um, lovable, confronting, um, adorable, shadowy. I love it. Yeah. And just tell everybody where they can see Growler. Okay, so they can see Growler in the demonstration room every night at seven p.m. It's an hour-long show, and it's in summer. Yes, in summer hall. So. In summer hall. Yeah. Um, amazing now just before we finish up we ask a question um, so persistent and nasty our name 
came about uh, pretty much when we were founded, kind of two moments, cultural moments, um, and a reclamation of words. So, um, the, nevertheless, she persisted about Elizabeth Warren. We both happened to be American, but you know, we moved. Um, and then Nasty, the whole Twitter storm, hashtag Nasty Women, after the previous president uh, called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman for, you know, daring to give them actual facts. Mm. Um, so when you see it, when you hear it, what does persistent and nasty make you feel? And if it doesn't make you feel, and it can be negative, it can be positive, it can be all of it. That's interesting. Um, nasty. Nasty. What do, I don't know what nasty might be. It's a kind of, it's like one of those, we, we really wanted that reclamation, right? Because words that gets used against women in particular, yeah. bossy, bitch, yeah. witch, yeah. Yeah. Um, nasty. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, those words to try and shame us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like, no, we're taking it back and we're claiming yeah. it as ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cunt. I love it. Yeah. Right? It, it, yeah. 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 But it's been used against us. And, and it's still and it's so been, taboo. Yeah, so like you drop so the seed taboo. Yeah. And like, oh my God. It's such a yeah. good sound. It yeah. is a brilliant yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. As an actor, I love seeing it because yeah. it's like, you know, it's, you've got so much positive yeah. going on in there. It's like, it yeah. punches you yeah. right where you yeah. want it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But people have a real issue with Persistence is, is a great word because I feel like I've tried to give up Growler loads of times. I've tried to hang her flaps up because it's been too hard sometimes. And she's persistent. Mm. She won't go away. And it's something in the ethers about it, about this time that we're living in. I think we're not going to go back in our box. I will sacrifice anything to not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no more going back. There's no more going back to the witch trials. There's no, no, no. Yeah. So let's just take all those words. Yeah, nasty. Okay, if that's what you want to say, that's fine. You know, I, I accept that. I'll yeah. wear a nasty badge. Thank you very much. If, that's, if that means that, you know, we're going to get equality. And some yeah. kind of a balance and some kind of a future for the mm-hmm. for the, to be good future ancestors. Go ahead, yeah. label me what you want. Do you know that's yeah. kind of how it feels out. Yeah, mm-hmm. label me what you want. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, persi- I guess persistent. It feels it feels close to like endurance as well. And I think that, like you're saying, it's like having the kind of having the kind of commitment. It's really hard to make are anyway it's hard to do it's hard to make theater it's like you know the theater industry is a really there it's chronically underfunded there is a real problem in this country with like getting getting young people in particular involved in art and like having that kind of having yeah having the persistent the endurance and the kind of fight in you to kind of get your stories out and do the fringe even though it's like financially crippling and like do the kind of to to kind of to do everything yeah do what you can to just platform the stuff is great but um yeah persistence nasty just makes me think like sass which is so gendered isn't it yeah. it's like in my head i'm like oh nasty you'd never call a man nasty i'd never call a no. man nasty yeah. no so it's, a, it's obviously in the collective family, totally you know? it's totally and that's nasty exactly yeah. and like the the more we can i mean language is just a whole other it's a kettle of fish isn't yeah. it the way that we're you know women had no say in how language was written anyway so yeah, it's sort yeah. of um it's yeah just i think any kind of aliveness or or kind of attention to mm. how how structurally gendered the world is like the more of that mm. and the more kind of like tough you know tackling yeah, yeah. that the better yeah. so um nasty and persistent 
Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love, love it. it. Yeah. Thank you both. Um, so you can see Gunter and Growler. Um, and I love the I love the sounds they make together. Yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah, I know. And if you, you know your teddy bear picture, like yeah. if you come and see Growler, you'll you'll you'll, know, you'll get it. Because yeah. you'll be like, Oh my god, Growler would love that teddy so good, That's something she'd have on her altar, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and she yeah. would have bought it in Woolworths. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. God but yeah, um, so both are on at Summer Hall. Uh, all details for both shows are in the show notes of today's episode. And thank you both for coming and joining me. Thanks very much for having us. Thank been you so such much. A really really chat, really such fun. a brilliant yeah. chat. And until next time, lovely listeners, stay, stay nasty. nasty. Stay nasty. <laughs> <laughs>